Hey guys and gals, Lou here. I just wanted to give you a heads up about a little technical issue that almost derailed the release of this episode. Luckily I was able to salvage the audio to a degree that I'm mostly comfortable with, but you may still hear a little crackle during some of Chris's side of the conversation. Hopefully it's not so bad that you're unable to enjoy the episode, but the good news is, by comparison, the next episode should sound like a choir of angels singing just for you. But I digress. Now on to episode 18 of Tip to Tip with Lou and Chris. I guess we should do this thing, huh? Fuck yeah, let's do this. Alright. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Tip to Tip with Lou and Chris. My name is Lou. Hey y'all. That's Chris. <laughs> Apparently. I'm not sure what the character you're, you're playing today is, but just being me. Let's be honest. If I was like, do a Southern accent this whole fucking episode, how long would it take for you to be like, I can't do it anymore? Oh no, I'm, I'd fucking do that. <laughs> you would? <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm not going to ask you to this one, but maybe in a future episode. When we get to the one where I, I worked at a cowboy boot store. We'll, we'll do the southern accent. Oh, that's going to be awesome. I feel I never worked at a fucking cowboy boot store. <laughs> it's one of the few places I uh, never maybe. worked. I love that you just bought that. You're just like, yeah, you probably did. Well, <laughs> why wouldn't Why wouldn't you have? My brain is also like I'm catching up with my thoughts. So like right. it just walked right past that. I don't know. <laughs> Can you imagine like me in like a western apparel store like over in the boot section? It's not that. It's hey, guys, not, what kind of boots are you looking for today? <laughs> We can put you in a pair of. I could see you in like a like a warehouse position. Like that's yeah, that's a real maybe. thing. I couldn't even I couldn't even right now jokingly do a skit about selling boots. I don't know enough about boots to go past. Hey guys, what kind of boots are you looking for today? I don't know anything <laughs> about boots. Brown ones. Y'all want, <laughs> y'all want to buy some boots? Do you guys have brown ones? Uh, what were we talking about? Oh yeah, we're doing an episode of the podcast today. <laughs> So this is a uh, this is episode eighteen, which is nice. We're, we can we're, officially we can buy, buy porn legally. Yeah. C- see, you went cigarettes. I went porn. Yeah. That tells me a, a lot about us. The difference between us. And on that, you know, okay, here's an interesting difference between you and I. So you're ten years younger than me, right? Yes. I turned eighteen in nineteen ninety four. <laughs> so you turned eighteen in two thousand and four. Does that sound right? That makes that would sense. be ten years. Yeah. Congratulations, math. If I had taken an ACT, I would have gotten at least a 14 on it. <laughs> Can you imagine? Uh, yeah, so the thing that's interesting about you and me is in 2004, when you turned 18, the internet was a thing, right? Yes. So at age 16 or 17, if you let's say you at 16, you wanted to see a picture of a, of a vagina. Yes. Right? What's your strategy? What's the first thing you do? Well, hopefully I'm home alone because sure. at this point the computer's in our basement gotcha. and anyone can walk down into the basement. Right. And you've got sisters and shit like that. So. Yeah. And I kind of like move my shoulder so it blocks the screen. <laughs> so when I'm looking at a <laughs> okay. big old vag, no one else sees it. So you go on the computer. Oh, also dial up. Yeah. Was it dial up? You, dial you, up. you had dial up yeah. still? Did you, totally. could you hear the noise when it was connecting to the modem and everything? Yeah. I love that. The, <laughs> uh, you know that yeah. shit? Nice. So let's say from the point where in your brain you're like, I want to see a vagina. 
to the point where you're looking at a vagina. How long between those two points? Ooh. Assuming you're home alone. I guess if I'm running, maybe three and a half to five and a half minutes. Rough estimate. <laughs> I feel like that's fair. Okay, okay, that's good. So when I was 16 or 17, assuming I didn't have pornography, which of course I, I acquired pornography, but the the idea of seeing a vagina, let's say I'm 15 before I had a lot of friends and, and well, I probably had friends at 15, but let's say, <laughs> let's say 13. Okay. At the age of 13, if I wanted to see a vagina, which I very much did at the age of 13, um there was no real way for me to see that. It just wasn't going to happen. You know, it's so, it's such a weird thought that for you, three to five minutes, (laughs) you know, (laughs) obviously as I got older and I started to make friends and some of my friends were a little older than me or looked older than me, you know, Barry, we've talked about Barry in the past. Barry looked like he was 30, 33 when he was in high school. Yeah. So he could just walk into any convenience store and buy a hustler. But yeah, before that it was just, there was no, I just, it was all imagination and I hadn't seen enough of them to really be able to imagine them. So it was like, who knows what the fuck I was imagining? Probably thinking about the Zarlacc pit in Return of the Jedi or something. <laughs> but so sexy. Yeah. But yeah, you know, like the, the being of age was a big deal to me. When I turned 18, I went straight out and bought a copy of Barely Legal from a gas station. I was very excited about that. For you, it was just another day. Mm-hmm. So yeah, this is episode 18, which now our podcast can buy pornography. Or if they're, you know, your podcast, cigarettes. Wait, Are, I think it was 18, right? Porn or cigarettes? Porn. Yeah. It's been 18 since I was in fucking 18. Yeah, because I was going to say when I was 18, you and Dan took me to that adult store. Where was that on? Um, Over by Elmhurst like and Tui? Uh, I mean, well, we went to a bunch, so I don't know which one we took you to, to be honest. Okay. It wasn't because I wasn't think when Crossroads, I was 18, was it? it no. wasn't like way up towards Wisconsin. No, no, it was over in like, uh, oh, by the airport kind of. Yes. Yes. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember what it's called, but I know exactly the one you're talking about. Yeah. So I nice. know us three went there at least a couple times, but I think when I was 18, I went there with a couple friends. Really? Yeah. Like before. So you knew about that place before we took you? Yes. Interesting. Yes. Yeah. All right. There was yeah. a. So Dan used to do these deliveries for his his company. He he his family owned a printing company, and he was a you know he worked there, slashed managed slashed I don't know <laughs> vice presidented. But yeah, he used to do these deliveries sometimes. He'd go from Chicago up to somewhere in Wisconsin, and there was like a halfway point you know up in the fucking sticks between like somewhere around the the border of Illinois and Wisconsin. There was like a truck stop kind of place, but it was also a huge like porn emporium. I think it was called Crossroads. That's if I'm remembering correctly. Are, and are you thinking Lions Den? I think, yeah, I think that you might be, I, that might be it. That might be it. <laughs> I feel like that mall was called Crossroads or something. You, okay. <laughs> that might be it. Or they changed the name at some point. But anytime we were going up there to do that delivery, we would stop at that place and fucking pick up some supplies. <laughs> just the necessities yeah you know just what we needed but it was always a fun a fun time you know uh two scumbags looking at naked people 
But anyway, yeah. so this is episode 18. We really took a fucking turn there, didn't we? Yeah, we did. 15 minutes of pornography. Listen, that's not going to be the only 15 minutes of pornography we do over the course of this podcast. <laughs> Maybe not this episode, but... Uh, today we're going to be talking about the time I was a security guard for a company called U.S. Guard. Guard. We're guards. Guard. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to do the occupational breakdown right now, and... Uh, you know, if you if you want this one, or if you want me to take it, I can take it. You tell me. You know what? Let's let's have you take it. You turn eighteen today. <laughs> show me <laughs> show me what you got. <laughs> Occupational breakdown. I did it kind of sexy like. I like that. I think it's funny because maybe I did it sexy like, but also it might sound like I'm dying <laughs> or diseased or something. Um, yeah, so the job, like I said, it was security guard for a company called U.S. Guard. I actually forgot the name of the company for years and years and years. Uh, I was just like security guard was what I called it in my head or on lists. Yeah. And then when I was going back through my journals, I found the name of it and it couldn't be more a generic name. Like if you look up U.S. Guard, you're never going to find a company called U.S. Guard. It's, it's sort of like U.S. Research Company from episode what two or three yeah. yeah but uh yeah i was a security guard i made seven dollars and 25 cents an hour which was a pretty nice uptake from from previous jobs there and i was employed there for one day <laughs> <laughs> awesome <laughs> one day we, we finally got to a one dayer have we had a one dayer before um we have not yeah, I think this is the first one day. Well, I guess if you're talking about you work that one shift at the movie theater with the Evita, or was that two? Oh, yeah, was that one yeah, or two? yeah, yeah. I think that was a weekend. I think I might have worked there like Saturday, Sunday. Okay. Still, that, that, that counts except for this was the first job I had where I worked there, and then I was like, I'm not going back to that place anymore. I um, fucking love that. <laughs> yeah. It won't be the last one of those. I'm going to, there'll be a job in the future where I worked there up until my first 15 minute break. Perfect. <laughs> and I look forward to telling Perfect. you about that one. It's weird because I actually remember that one better than a lot of the other ones. I guess if something made me not work, not go back after my 15 minute break. Um, yeah. So that was the occupational breakdown. Occupational breakdown. <sighs> <sighs> so nasty. nasty. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I want you to fuck me with a baseball bat. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> with no context. That's just an awful thing to say. Yeah. I'm not even going to give it context. We're going to let that hang out there in the world for people. Uh, so, now. yeah. I got this job through an ad in the newspaper. That's a weird thought. That doesn't. That's not a thing anymore. You know, uh, what? there's still paper newspapers, right? <laughs> <laughs> Just a quick side note, though, because we're talking about technology and the internets. Sure. Um, I mean, how do you feel? I mean, you've always, you know, once you had money, like you were pretty up to date with tech and stuff like that, but. I mean, think about where your life was to where it is now, and just the availability of having basically whatever you want, whenever you want. Yeah, I. I mean, I love it. Obviously, I do remember how it was, and I do have some nostalgia for it. You know, it's funny. So I'm I'm kind of old compared to some of my friends. I have one friend that's older, and then the rest of my friends are younger. 
some by a two, you know a year or two, some by ten years. Sometimes some of my acquaintances are you know twenty years younger than me or more. And you know, I, I sort of have that. I should be. I mean, I guess I'm not old. I'm st- I'm 43. I'm not a fucking senior citizen or anything. But I, I feel like I should be hitting that point where technology starts to become a, an encumbrance or or baffling to me. But I'm not kidding. I've taught most of my younger friends things, right? Like how to do things in, in with technology. Yeah. I still continue to like. I get texts from them saying like, "Hey, I'm trying to do this. What do I do?" So. I'm not one of those like old guys that's fucking like, you know, like, how do you work this fucking cell phone thing? You know, like I, <laughs> I love this shit. I think it's awesome. I love that we're carrying around computers on us that, you know, like my fucking phone is more powerful than any computer that probably existed in the fucking nineties. Oh my God. That's for sure. So like, I love technology and I'm happy about it. And I, I wish part of me wishes that it had been what it is now when I was younger. The idea that, so when I, was 14 and I started writing music, playing guitar and writing music. And I got my first four track, which is a way to record yourself. Like you can record yourself playing guitar and then record over that guitar. Right. Um, that was like phenomenal. I couldn't even like, Oh, this is so cool. I've had all these ideas in my head. Like this guitar part would go cool with this guitar part. Now I get to actually hear if it goes with this guitar part to imagine like giving 14 year old me a fucking the computer that I have now and all the stuff that's on it I I would just spontaneously ejaculate I think <laughs> you know I believe that I, it's it's fucking awesome but I do kind of I look back fondly on the days of you know boy I hope my friend shows up where we're supposed to meet cuz if they don't I don't have any way to get in touch with them and I'm just going to have to go about my day and hope for the best <laughs> you know <laughs> If a fucking girl doesn't show up where you're supposed to meet her, like, well, I guess I'm not going to see her for a couple of days. <laughs> like, it's just, you know, like, it's fucking cool. I like it. I like technology. And I don't miss newspapers. Although, you know, like I said, Dan's family owned a printing company and that did not work out well for them. The whole tech <laughs> kind of moving That's, in on their territory. sucks, dude. Yeah, but... I digress. Um, yeah, but I got this job out of a newspaper. I used to, you know, buy a newspaper and look through the fucking help wanteds and circle just like in fucking movies where you see people looking for a job and they circle the job that they're interested in. And then you call and you say things and then they tell you where to go or how to like take the next step. Um, I actually got this job while I still had the last job which was that shitty theater that I didn't like working at, right? Um, I think I got this job, and then as soon as this job said you are hired, I didn't go back. I called and quit that other job. Um, I think it was just supposed to be part-time Saturdays and Sundays, this job. The, security. The security guard, yeah. Yeah. I think that's what I was originally hired for, but they kind of told me, like, oh, there's potential. You could probably move up to full-time pretty quick. So I was like, cool. I had to drive to Chino, which is inland from where I was living in Newport Beach, California. It's like towards Riverside. It's probably about an hour drive or an hour and 10 minute drive um, inland for a 10 minute orientation and to pick up my uniform. (laughs) So I had to basically drive an hour to have somebody give me the very, very basics of the job and give me my uniform. And then I drove an hour back, which is fucked up. Yeah. and I also remember that when I drove there, the person I was supposed to meet called in sick or something. 
And so I had to leave and come back another day to get my shit. So are you fucking joking, dude? Yeah, we're con- no, I'm not. So four hours of driving to get my uniform and have a 10 minute orientation. So that didn't, uh, things weren't starting off very well for me with this job. Um, and the uniform did not include a firearm. <laughs> Thank you. That's what yeah. I was waiting there, for. There was no firearm. They did not trust me with a gun. That's a whole other thing. Um, yeah, my first day of training, you know, Saturday, fucking like, I don't know, 11 to 8 or something like that. Like, day, day, daytime to into nighttime. Some random office building in Santa Ana. I don't remember where. Because, again, I only went there one day. <laughs> but... Uh, like I said, it was a Saturday and the fucking building was like empty. There was probably like a couple of people coming and going, but it was mostly em- an empty office building. My superior was a middle-aged black dude named Fred. And he was uh, I, he was fine. Like he wasn't an, an asshole or anything. The thing that made it unbearable is that he had a nervous tick where he would scratch the outer lining of his jacket constantly. Right? And so and the jacket was like a coarse material. Yeah. So he would just be scratching his jacket, like like on his kind of stomach area, just <laughs> the entire fucking time, dude. And it was it was literally like nails on a chalkboard. It was one of those times where literally you had to stand next to him, or I mean, I had to sit next to him. He was training me, <clears throat> so we sat at a fucking like security desk in the lobby of this office building, and it was empty, and there was no other sound other than him talking okay. to me, and. <laughs> like scratching his fucking jacket and he would also fart like all day get the fuck and out wouldn't of here, acknowledge dude. it so he's just fucking busting ass and it wasn't like aggressive crazy busting ass but you could hear it and even smell it and it was like every 15 to 20 minutes he'd rock one of those for eight hours did you say anything no it was my first day and I was, you know, it was my first day and I was 20 or 19 or whatever I was. I didn't have the, the sense of self-confidence that I have now where I'd be like, listen, bro, we got to we gotta have a conversation real quick. I know we just met, but what the fuck are you doing, man? <laughs> I would definitely say something now. But then I was just like, suck it up, suck it up. Um, yeah, the, the job was basically sit at a desk, sign people in and out as they came and went from the building, which, like I said, maybe four people came the entire eight hours and then every hour or so we would have to do a walkthrough through the building and hit specific checkpoints and sign you know we basically have to sign a little thing saying that we were there you know you know if you're going to like a bathroom at a target and they have the little we i think we had them at best buy too where someone has to sign yeah, when they sure. check the bathroom it was kind of like that to prove that we were walking around this building i guess and then we also had a fucking walkie-talkie and we would call to other buildings that were i guess guards who worked for the same company and check in with them to make sure everybody was like safe and secure which i thought was kind of funny because we're all guarding office buildings but yeah i uh i called out sick on my second day i was supposed to go in (laughs) on sunday and i i called in sick i said nope i'm not gonna go back there um i wasn't 100 percent sure i was never going back at that point I just was like, I can't go back tomorrow. I need a day off of that guy's fucking jacket scratching. He scratched that fucking jacket for eight hours, bro. That's gnarly. Dude. It was so weird. It was such a weird thing to have to like endure. Um, so I don't 100% remember 
this, but I read it in my journal, so it must be true. But based on what I wrote, uh, I, I, that Wednesday, so the, like the Wednesday after that Saturday, the head office called me and offered me a full-time position in Irvine, but it wasn't a walking post. And the idea of being stuck at a desk for 40 hours a week sounded like torture to me at the time. Yeah. And then also Irvine was not anywhere really close to where I was and mm-hmm. I didn't have a car and public transportation. There wasn't Uber back then. So it would have just been really hard to get to and from that place. Now, I say that, but then I think about all the the like working people who take like a four-hour bus ride to get to their job and then wait two hours for a bus ride back at like three in the morning. If you have a strong work ethic, you make it work. I did not have a strong work ethic. We're going to just go ahead and before the audience is like, bro, Irvine's like not that far. It's just it's over a fuck. It's on the other side of a fucking bay. Basically, it's not that far. But I did not have a strong enough work ethic to commit to doing that <laughs> five days a week. I just wasn't. I mean, you weren't hurting. That you didn't have the fucking kids at home. I didn't have kids, but goddamn, I was broke. And <laughs> I was definitely sponging a bit off the old girlfriend. You know, she had a. This is a theme in my life girlfriends or significant others who have a much stronger work ethic than me. Unfortunately, for, I guess, for them, but also kind of for me because. Yeah. You know, it, it's it allowed me to be complicit a lot of times. Complacent, not com- well, maybe complicit too. But um, yeah, I I turned that that full time position down, and I think at that point I knew I wasn't going to go back to that job ever. I called and quit that Friday, and then I got a, an interview for another job and was hired the next day. So I <laughs> I had a job. <laughs> I worked one shift, I called out sick the next shift, and then four days, five days later, I quit, and then on day six, I got a new job, which we'll talk about next time. Um, Something else that's kind of funny about this job is I'm pretty sure that the uniform from that job, the security job, followed me around as bad debt on my credit report for years. Like, like I didn't drive back to Chino to give them my fucking pants and shirt. You know, my, my white shirt that had a U.S. guard patch on the tit. And right. then they essentially put that as a bad credit. You know, they filed it as, like, money I owed them that I never paid them back. And it was on my credit report for, I don't know, like, five years. <laughs> <laughs> and that, my friends, is when I stopped taking credit reports very seriously. Mm-hmm. It's like, whatever. I'll fucking figure it out. Um, So that's kind of funny. Uh... A couple more things that are noteworthy from this period of time. Uh, First, do you remember the bank robbery that happened in North Hollywood in 97, early 97? You were young, obviously. You were fucking like, what, 11 at the time? Yeah. There was a bank robbery that was like in process progress when choppers and it was basically live on TV. You were watching these guys have a fucking shootout with assault rifles in the streets of North Hollywood with cops and the helicopters were like flying around above and you could see them shooting at each other and shit. Do you remember, you don't remember any of that? No, I fucking remember it because it was live on TV and I was like 20 and I was like, Holy shit. This (laughs) happened during that, that week, that period of time. I remember but that. that wasn't anywhere near where you were, right? You were had nothing beach. to do with me except for that I remember it vividly. And I remember thinking, like, that's fucking crazy that that's happening right now, like, 50 miles away from where we are. And I'm 
I I don't know, but it's like, so you haven't seen the movie Heat, you know we no. we we talked about that, but that that came out, I don't know, like maybe three three or four years later, and I feel like there's a chance that that shootout in in North Hollywood kind of inspired a very big action sequence in the movie Heat that it's very famous for, and that when you finally watch Heat, that'll be the one part of the movie where you're like, holy shit. The rest of it's cool, there's lots of awesomeness, Heat's a great movie, but that fucking action sequence of the bank robbery is the fucking tits. It's so awesome. And it's, you should see the fucking movie, because that part alone will, you'll be like, okay, I get it. Right. Um, But yeah, I, I don't know why, but that sticks out to me during this time period very much and i was curious like you in illinois at age 11 if you were like there's a bank robbery going on right now but apparently (laughs) no you were not no i was probably riding bikes yeah playing like sports with friends okay there's nothing wrong with riding bikes (laughs) um another interesting little tidbit from this period of time which i don't i didn't remember the timing of it i remember all this but i didn't remember the timing of this exactly but apparently based on my journals again it was around this time that me and my friend clay started talking about starting a band together clay lived in champagne he was going to school at u of i and at the time and it sounds weird not to you because you know the history but to people who don't know there was a, a weird like in the middle of cornfields college town in the middle of Illinois called Champaign-Urbana and that was like one of the fucking hot points of this music scene that I was into at that time which would be like you know second wave third wave emo in that vicinity um you know before Fallout Boy and and Dashboard Confessional kind of fucked up the the definition of that genre eyeliner but yeah, like he li- he was going to college there and there was like a lot of bands from there that were very pivotal in the scene and there was a lot going on and so he he was talking he played guitar. He never had been in like a real band where they wrote songs and played shows. I think maybe he was in one, but not to that degree. And you know, we'd been kind of playing with the idea and then we started really seriously talking about it at this point and I I don't remember it, but I wrote about it and then reading it kind of brought the memory back. But I do remember having like a conversation with Jacqueline, my girlfriend at the time, about like I might move to Champagne and start a band with Clay, and I don't know where that's going to put us because I she you know we were planning on moving back up to L.A. you know when we got some money together, and now I was sort of playing with the idea of not of going back to Illinois to Champagne to start a band with Clay, which is fucking weird. Well, were you and Jacqueline having problems or no? But you know. <sighs> Part of, I think a symptom of being in an open relationship, maybe, is that it's it starts to not seem that weird that you might go your separate ways for a while and do whatever is good for you and not necessarily view your relationship as like a thing that needs to, like, just because she's moving to... I can only add to your library if... Did you fucking Siri just all of a sudden started talking to me right there? Did you, did you hear that shit? Yeah, I totally did. Bitch. I wonder if the microphone... I wonder if the microphone picked that oh, for up. for sure it did. That was intense. I'm not going to cut that out. That's <laughs> fucking funny. Um, yeah, I... No, we weren't having problems specifically. This is after everything happened before with yeah. Diana, obviously. And there was always, like, moments of tension here or there. And I think a lot of them stemmed from me acting a little aloof. And, like, I didn't care that much about 
our relationship, which, you know, I think I did care, but I know for sure that I acted sometimes like it was secondary. It was a secondary factor. You know, if you said to me, hey, you could go be in a band with Clay and Champagne and start to, like, get get a following and do a thing and, and make something special happen, but you're going to have to leave your girlfriend because she's probably not going to move to Champagne with you. It wasn't like, well, then that's a deal breaker. I was more like, okay, well, I'll go and see how it works out and we'll keep we'll keep in contact via phone and, and email okay. and occasional trips and then we'll see what happens, you know? So I that's that's weird, you know. Anybody who who has a conventional relationship, and even my relationship now, I, I wouldn't just up and fucking leave. <laughs> like my wife, I'd never I'm gonna not live with my wife unless you know we, we get divorced at some point. So yeah, it's at the time it seemed completely normal. Reading it as an adult twenty years later, I was like, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> like I really should have tempered my words a little better I think and I imagine that by the time me and Jacqueline eventually broke up she had many many uh, examples of reasons why we weren't going to make it to to, and I'm sure this is just one of the many so I think the idea you know when I talked to Clay was that we would wait until summer and then I would move to Champagne when he was out of school and we would play music for the summer and see what happened during those months. Okay. And then if things didn't go right, I'd probably end up going back to wherever Jacqueline was and he'd go back to school. Um, like I said, it seemed reasonable at the time. It sounds kind of ridiculous now. And, you know, you'll have to tune into a future episode to find out if I actually ever moved to Champagne or if I moved back to L.A. or if I moved to fucking Mars. And, <laughs> you know, who knows? Who knows what's happening next? This, this is all up in the air. You never know what's going to happen. Uh, do you have any questions about my one day working as a security guard? <laughs> Man, it sounds pretty fucking uneventful. It was. That guy scratching his fucking belly was, and farting was really the only noteworthy thing about that job. I would. I know really I had like- that uniform for years, and I used to wear that fucking shirt casually out in the world, my U.S. Guard shirt. <laughs> Get your money's worth. It's a good chance I ripped the sleeves and the, and the collar off of it, too. Nice. <laughs> Such an asshole. Um... Yeah, I don't think I have any questions. It sounds, you know, like like a fucking uh, orientation day, and that was it. Pretty much. Pretty you got much. your paycheck? I don't know that I did. I'm going to be honest with you. There's a good chance they kept that paycheck and paid for part of my uniform with it, and then I never paid the rest of what I owed on the uniform, which is a funny thought, because if I worked eight hours at seven, hour, seven bucks an hour, I made like 50, 60 bucks, and then I don't think, I don't know if I ever got that money. That's crazy. Which means I spent more in gas than I <laughs> than I made. Holy shit! <laughs> Sometimes that happens, you know. Yeah. Sometimes it happens. This is one of those times, and it won't be the last time that happens in my life. Hopefully, it'll be the last time it happens from here on out. But to the audience, this will not be the last time you hear about this. <laughs> we call that the Lucho. Um, yeah, that's that's the Lucho. That and finding a place to, to nap or leaving and being on the clock while doing something else running an errand and i know this happens Uh, again in the future oh yeah i'm i yeah definitely definitely does um we're gonna go with the pp scale and this is a fucking two it's not a one or a zero because there's you know obviously (laughs) worse but in my life it was a fucking two that guy's scratching and farting was a two. I, I never wanted to be in that guy's presence again. He was a perfectly nice guy. 
uh, he had some fucking issues, some some personal stuff happening that I was not willing to entertain. That's so fucking nuts. So, I'm surprised you didn't give it a one, honestly. No. You know, sometimes... So my, my wife is very picky when it comes to physical attributes on people. Let me stop for a second. Have you ever heard the term demisexual? Heard it, but don't know it. So it basically means you're attracted to people that you have a emotional connection to. And if you don't have an emotional connection, you don't find yourself sexually attracted to them. Right? Yeah. I can't fucking relate to that at all. Mm-hmm. At all. Like, I can think someone is a complete piece of horrible shit, a bad person, <laughs> and still be very turned on by them and want to do things. <laughs> right. Um, but my wife is definitely not that way. She is, I guess, what you'd call a demisexual, which is a word I learned about four or five years ago, and I was very excited to tell her about it when I heard it, because I was like, that's fucking her. Yeah. But yeah, she doesn't find people sexually attractive unless she has like an emotional bond or connection with them. She can find people, she can acknowledge people are attractive, you know, like, you know, if you ask her if this famous actress is like, if you say Scarlett Johansson physically attractive, she's, she knows Scarlett Johansson's an attractive woman, but she's not sexually attracted to her. Right. Right. So she's kind of picky you know, like if we're playing the game of like, oh, what would you give this guy on a scale of one to ten? Ten being the fucking hottest guy you ever saw and a, and a one being repulsive and, and you don't ever want to look at them again for fear you might vomit. <laughs> and she will always give people a lower score than is reasonable to me. Right. So yeah. you see a person, a random person out in the world that's like not great looking. And I'd be like, OK, that person's like a six, you know, maybe a five. She's be like she'll be like two. And I'm like. Two, yeah, you're fucking high. Like you've seen documentaries about like like Bulgaria and shit. You've seen like the townspeople in like the really backwoods parts of Russia, right? Like, like what? <laughs> Think about the ugliest human being you've ever thought of, and that's a fucking one. That person's not a three. I'm sorry, <laughs> you know. So like that's that's kind of the PP scale for me. You're doing it. You're viewing it like Tammy would view people's physical attributes. Like, oh, this sounds like a one. No, I think maybe being like a fucking coal miner would be a one. Okay. <laughs> you know, <laughs> there's jobs that would be horrific. The fact that I'm giving this a two is probably a little bit of an embellishment for for funsies, but. This job sucked. I did it one day and I didn't want to ever go back. We're giving it a fucking two. Fucking. <laughs> next job. <laughs> On to the next one. Uh, yeah, the next, the next episode we're going to be talking about the culinary rap. What? The culinary rap. That's what it's called? The culinary rap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The name of the establish- establishment was... The culinary rap, which culinary like cooking, <laughs> rap like wrapping you up in a fucking blanket all warm and cozy. And uh, yeah, I'll tell you what that is on the next episode of Tip to Tip with Lou and Chris. Awesome. Feel good? Yeah, I do feel good. I do too. Let's wrap it up and uh, we'll see everyone next time. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.